Hey, hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Post Loons live on Soda Soccer. Uh, I'm your host, Jacob Schneider, joined tonight by my co-host, Carter Hoffer. Carter, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you, Jacob? Uh, big win for Minnesota United tonight. Uh, lovely to hear Wonderwall saying with a full stadium, uh, when they won their Open Cup tie against the Philadelphia Union at home in Field, that was the first time we heard it this season. Uh, but tonight, now, you know, we had, you know, 15,000, 16,000 people uh, much better, much louder, much more of an atmosphere. Um, it's always brilliant to hear Wonderwall saying by the Wonderwall and the rest of the stadium. Uh, just, you know, it's it's one of those, you know, goosebumps on your arms, joy on your face. It's just, you know, it's it's a moment where everybody connects and it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's, it's what soccer is. It's what the game is supposed to be about. Um, so hearing that in the stadium, you know, seeing the good vibes in the locker room, seeing the players smile, uh, it's nice to have this little change up. And I think it's a real, real positive heading into a tough weekend for the Loons. Uh, Carter, initial thoughts on the game, initial thoughts on everything we saw? You know, it the game was something that we kind of needed to see. It was definitely an ugly win, but it was nice to see that Minnesota United still has that defensive grinded out that we haven't really seen these last few games. The 3-0 loss to Sporting Kansas City, uh, letting up equalizers at the end of regulation and at yep. the end of extra time versus Philadelphia Union. It's nice to see that we can still be the team that grinds out points because that's really what the blueprint has been this season. It's how we started off on that five game unbeaten streak. And it's what we lost during our, what was it? A seven game run where we picked up one draw. So it's nice being able to get back to that. I think it's. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent agree. Uh, you know, it's a big win for Minnesota United tonight. And uh, you know, I think we got a lot to talk about on the show tonight, uh, but more than anything, uh, you folks watching from home, you have a lot to talk about tonight. Send us in your questions uh, on YouTube or on Facebook. Type in the comment section. Send them our way. Unfortunately, if you are watching on Twitter, you will not be able to send a question in the chat uh, as they're not. A, it's not a compatible system with StreamYard, the system we use. However, our Twitter handles are listed on the screen. If you have a question and you are on Twitter watching and you are dying to ask it, tweet at me, tweet at Carter. We'll get it in the show. We'll talk. Uh, and if you comment, in, if you type a comment in the section here during today's show, uh, we will put it up on the screen. We'll talk with you, and we'll we'll see what we'll see what happens. But on top of that, if you are enjoying the Soda Soccer streams, if you are enjoying hearing me talk week in and week out about what we're seeing on this pitch with my uh, with my co-hosts, or you know if we have a different co-host in here and there, or a different main host, whoever it is, if you're enjoying it, give us a thumbs up. Share your watching right now. Send it to your group chat. Send it to your friends. Let's get an audience in here. Let's talk Minnesota United all night, folks. We've got a little bit over under a little bit over an hour in that in that mark to talk with you guys. Um, share on Facebook, share on YouTube, send the hearts in the, in the stream. If you're liking, just double click the stream and you'll see a heart pop up. Uh, we love that. We love the interactions and get those questions. in over the next, you know, half hour, 45 minutes to an hour, uh, we'll see what we can talk about. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot happening with the club right now, whether, you know, it's the result from tonight, it's looking ahead to Portland and then an open cup, uh, uh, road trip to Houston again. Uh, what's going on with Emmanuel Reynoso? Um, was this Luisa Maria's best performance as a loon this year? I think so. Uh, what's happening with Asani Dotson, Will Trapp, and Kervin Ariaga in the midfield? Joseph Rosales is now a winger. Uh, let's talk it all through tonight. But, folks, we're going to recap real quick. Minnesota United 1-0 over the Houston Dynamo. Bongo Kule Klangwane with his third goal of the MLS campaign, fifth in all competitions in 2023. Um, massive, massive strides for the South African international um, we're seeing so much improvement from him in tight spaces. He's making the correct decisions. He's backtracking defensively and getting forward. Um, dare I say it, but when I watched the UEFA Champions League semifinal today, um, he is playing the exact role that I, I personally see Jack Grealish playing for Manchester City, where it's not super savvy. He's not the one 
um, getting, you know, all the interaction on the pitch, but he's so important when backtracking defensively. And when you need him to go forward, he will go forward and he will create, he will do, he's, he wears the crest, he wears the badge and he fights for it. Um, and he's turning into a complete new player in 2023. And, you know, he's become Minnesota's, arguably Minnesota's most important player uh, so far this season. So great performance from him. Uh, great shout out from the defense. I think this is Kamar Lawrence's best uh, performance uh, in a loon's kit so far this season. Amazing defensive display late uh, on a sliding challenge and a 1v1 with Dane St. Clair and Thor Ulfarsson. Um, big, big things uh, from the defense tonight. Uh, Carter, what are your thoughts on, uh, you know, the defense, uh, the midfield's performance, um, Bongi? You know, what are your biggest takeaways before we dig into anything deeper? I mean, I love the comparison that you made with Bongi to Jack Grealish. Just watching Man City today, he's not necessarily like the one that's in the middle of everything, but he's absolutely making the decisions that help keep that offense churning, that help keep that offense in possession. So having a player like that is going to be fantastic for when the rest of our offense can maybe figure something out. Um, the unfortunate part is that we don't have like a Holland or a De Bruyne or anyone along those levels. So we're going to need a little bit more from Bongi than what Man City would expect from like a Jack Grealish, but it's absolutely something I can see him doing. This three-game run of his with three goals, he was just all over the field. He was making things happen and watching him live at uh, Allianz Field for the Open Cup in, against Philadelphia, he was just amazing to watch. Yeah. Easily my favorite performance of the season from him. Paul Forrester in the chat is saying Bongi's everything credit where it's due. Steve Clark was stellar tonight. Without some of those saves, we could have uh, netted more. Uh, either way, three points is massive. Uh, Paul, you are on point. What a performance from Steve Clark as a former uh, JV goalkeeper, by the way, uh, in high school. I um, I watched those tonight, and I, I, was, I was blown out of my mind. Uh, the double save in particular was stupendous. Uh, and, you know, the alliteration was fantastic from uh, Callum Williams on air. We were listening to it in the press box. Uh, what a call from him and Kalen Carr tonight, by the way. Uh, brilliant job to those two. Always a pleasure. Uh, catching up with Cal uh, when he's here in Minnesota now that uh, he's part of the Apple TV uh, broadcast team. Uh, but Bongi was incredible. Uh, touched on it a few minutes ago, but uh, what a performance from him tonight. And, you know, uh, we got to speak with him after the Philadelphia Union game in the locker room. And he is such a humble person, uh, a contagious smile. Carter, you know what I mean? You ever have that one friend where, like, even if you are like having a terrible day or whatever, you just see him and they smile, you're like, dang it, like, contagious smile that's bongi in the locker room you walk in there he looks at you and he's like giggling he's just smiling he just he's like i want to give you a big hug it's exactly how it is whenever you see him uh and you know he's become such an important player for the loons you know uh credit to him for tonight credit to steve clark uh what'd you think of uh the dynamo goalkeeper's performance oh it was just ridiculous he was standing on his head all game we easily as um the comment said we easily could have put another two or three pass we could have won this game much more than one to zero, which is maybe unfortunate that we didn't, but that Amaria header, the double save on, um, I believe it was Ariaga and mm -hmm. uh, Bongi. It outstanding performance by the goalkeeper. We've got Dave Valensky in the chat saying we played a great defensive game and I felt the substitutions were perfect. Dave, um, I love that you touched on this because I didn't actually think of it when uh, we were writing our, our post-game notes here for the stream. Um, but Adrian Heath nailed his substitutions tonight, and I don't think it was they were expected. It was kind of all over the place. Um, we saw Robin Lud move from the 10 to the 8 with, with, with a substitution. Then we saw Lud move back to the 10. We saw Luis taken off for Ariaga. Ariaga dropped deep, 
Like it was, it was all over the place, but it was a beautiful mess. It was beautiful. Like, how do I even explain it? Nothing made sense in the moment, but looking back at it, Heath nailed everything tonight. And I think, you know, having a healthy saying Ben um, going up against like a Zach McGraw this weekend in Portland is, he's going to be massive. He's got 90 minutes under his belt. No sweat. Like that's huge for the loons. And, you know, um, he's a young kid. He can turn around and play 60, 80, 90, whatever it is on, on Tuesday in Houston too. Um, so resting him tonight and, you know, getting the win is really, really important for this squad. Um, what did you, uh, what did you see from, you know, the substitutions tonight? And then maybe let's touch on, you know, Luis Amaria's performance, knowing that he had Sang been watching from the sidelines and he had to kind of, uh, you know, make himself known on the pitch tonight, Carter. Yeah, substitution-wise, I agree. It all, it really didn't make sense in the moment, but just looking back on it, everything, it, it worked, obviously. We closed out the game. We won the game. There's nothing you can really fault there. Um, seeing Rosales on the wing is still a confusing moment for me. Um, sure. But when you make the substitutions that you make, you players play where they can play. Players play where their spot's open, and they clearly are able to um, just go where they're needed. There's a lot of fluidity in the Loon's attack, in the midfield, in everything, which is a testament to them. It's definitely something that you'd rather have than not have. Maybe you'd like the players to be a little bit more, I, this is my position and I'm super good at it, rather than I can play any of these positions and I'm good at them, but not necessarily world-class. Um, I love seeing Song Bin come in off the bench. He's just a great burst of energy. Anytime that he's on the field, I see him getting up the field, getting past defenders, really trying to make those runs in behind that maybe we don't always find all the time uh, from our other players. So I enjoy seeing him come on anytime that he's starting on the bench. Yeah, and uh, uh, Dave Valensky has already been sending a question. He asked in the chat, is it going to be – are the games going to be on ESPN or just Fox and Apple TV? Dave, can you clarify in the chat which game you were talking about, whether it is – Portland or Houston in the Open Cup, and then we can chat on that. But we've got Paul Forrester back in the comment section now. Something else worth noting, the pressure our guys put on the Houston back line uh, and their goalkeeper, Steve Clark, forced a lot of bad passes and giveaways. Uh, it was really effective. Let, let, let's talk about that because that's, that's how the goal was scored. Pressure, giveaway, Bongi sees it, takes it. He, in, in the moment when Bongi shoots the goal, the, the winner, he is getting pushed down, and he is toe-poking that ball with his left foot into the corner. Almost any other player on this Loon's roster, and I'm talking everybody, if they are in that situation, they're not going to be able to get that shot off. His, he's got the long legs, but what Caitlin Carr talked about on the broadcast, too, is in that moment he saw that, and it reminded him of almost like a Brazilian street footballer because it's the sort of thing they do. And the Loon's are doing a, a an advert right now, a, a video series on Bongi and his growing up and his coming up and how he became a professional footballer. And a lot of it was street ball. A lot of it was street football and, you know, playing – uh, barefoot, the barefoot game. And when you're doing that, a lot of it comes down to tight spaces. It comes down to quick passes, uh, tight, tidy footwork. And uh, the strength he had on that toe poke was brilliant. And I don't think people realize how hard it is to get that shot off when you have a body coming in, crashing into you and you are falling down. It's a miraculous strike. It's a miraculous goal. Um, and plot it's to Bongi because, you know, that was the game-changing moment that gave the loons momentum. It gave them confidence. It gave him confidence um, to play the rest of the match. And I think, you know, we're, we're going to look back on it. And that's a really, really impressive goal, even though it may not seem like it uh, at first. 
Carter, would you any, any thoughts? Any anything else to add to that? Oh, the forwards were absolutely just pressuring all night long. You could see just um, Franco and Amaria making these sprints forward to get pressure on the ball anytime it went backwards. Uh, it was Franco's pressure on the ball that allowed the ball to get um, that forced the pass from the Houston center back to go awry and end up with Bongi. So credit to him for making that happen. Um, and just the pressure that the loons can make is very important. And I love seeing it because it's not something that all of our forwards do, but it is something that Amaria does very well. So if yeah, he's not going to be scoring goals, at least he has this for going for him. He's sort of a menace to the two center backs and the two center backs only. Um, mm-hmm. Or if he's playing off to one side, it's the left center back and the left back or the right center back and the right back. It's not one. It's one or the other. It's not both. Um, as we noted, as we noticed tonight, Luis Amari is not fast. He is not a striker who are you going to send in a one v one breakaway and he's going to beat the defender and the goalkeeper. It happened twice tonight. Um, he lost the ball or misplaced a pass both times, um, and that is a that's a flaw in his footballing system. That's a flaw in him as a striker. So now the Loons need to look at that and think: How do we get the most out of him in that situation? And it's not by sending him in that through ball. It's by it's by you know playing that ball and telling him turn and look. Don't run with it. Don't try and be the hero because more often than not, you are going to get outpaced and outrun. But if you look quickly, take a touch, and maybe feed across the box, you'll see Robin Lud, you'll see Seng Bin, you'll see Bongo Kule Klangwane. It doesn't matter which forward it is. You'll see one of them, and maybe then, instead of trying to run with the ball, you'll play a precise pass, and that's where he will excel, I think. I think that's something they can work with, and I think it's something that will uh, make Amaria's game even more Um Positive than it than it showed tonight because tonight really was a good performance from him, uh, minus you know a few errors inside the box. Um, but you know you have to take what you can get, and what they got tonight was um, better than what we've seen of late from Luis. Uh, Josh Harrison is in the chat. Uh, Josh is saying, "I thought our end game management with the lead improved much over games like Vancouver and Philly in the Open Cup. Better ideas on how to retain possession and keep the clean sheet." Yes, uh, I spoke with Adrian Heath post game on this in the press conference. Um, and they moved to sort of a 4-5-1 shape over the final 12, 13 minutes of the match. Um, and what Heath said they wanted to do was to just get an extra man in the midfield because he knew the Dynamo were going to be trying things. He knew they were going to be pressuring and pushing. He knew that they had impact subs coming onto the field. Uh, Thor Olfarsson was an absolute menace. Big striker, um, knows how to get in the minds of, of players. Uh, we've seen it in the league. We've seen it with him at the college level when he was at Duke University. Um he is one of those players that if he gets inside your head, he is inside there for the remainder of the game. Uh, the Loons team called. They stayed composed. Uh, and, you know, they were successful in closing out the match. It was it was really impressive. And I think you're spot on, Josh. Uh, and I, I, you know, look at the match in Vancouver, and it's beyond disappointing. Um, look at Philly twice. It happened twice against the Union. And beyond disappointing doesn't even begin to describe that because you had an opportunity to win in regulation. And, okay. Didn't happen. Get an opportunity to win in extra time. Didn't happen. He should have. So then you have an opportunity in penalties to close it out. It doesn't happen. So you go to sudden death in penalties. Sixth round doesn't happen. Seventh round doesn't happen. Eighth round, it happens. And that's dramatic as it can get. And man, uh, being here for that game. I mean, my anxiety through the like through the remainder of the, of extra time and the match and seeing Wagner score twice is just boom 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 boom. I mean, Carter, how how are you seeing you know the progress from this defense, the midfield, the management, 
uh, in these later stages of games? And, you know, what does it mean for, you know, their confidence moving forward, you think? It's massive for their confidence. I think that the Loons were really beginning to walk a very tight line when it came to the games with Vancouver and giving up those leads and the game at Philadelphia and giving up that lead. Because if it's something that you keep doing, it's almost something that you come to expect to happen. You almost expect that you're going to lose those leads and it's, why are we even trying? And that's just a dangerous thing to have in your mind. It's a dangerous way to play the game. Um, and it's something that I almost felt during this game. I was like, yes, we're doing well. We're keeping it together. I really hope that we don't, I really hope that we don't blow it. I hope that we can keep it together. I hope that we defensively can just lock them down and finish this out, get that three points that we really desperately need. And I think up until the point where, um, Kamar Lawrence came across and got that block on Ulf Larson when he was one-on-one -on -one with DSC. As soon as that happened, I was, I was good. I was like, we've maybe figured something out. We are just clicking on all cylinders. We're covering for each other. We're playing well defensively today. No, and I 100% so. agree. And, um, you know, and I think it's not something that's been talked about a ton, but I think it does need to be shared that Kamar Lawrence has not had a good start to his 2023 campaign. Um, he has made himself more often than not in some of those late game situations um, as tired legs begin to come about. He's become, you know, sort of a reliability. And um, whether or not it want, whether or not people want to hear it, whether or not it needs to be said, um, you know, he has not had, you know, the best of campaigns so far. And I think tonight's a big boost for him because not only is that a crucial moment for him and the team, um, it helps Dane too. Dane hasn't had a great campaign. Um, the stats haven't been friendly to him. Stats don't tell a story. Stats don't tell an eye test, but they haven't been friendly to him so far in 2023 coming off a 2022 MLS all-star MLS all-star MVP, uh, campaign. Um, it helps maintain the clean sheet and it, it keeps the morale up. And, you know, uh, we talk, Adrian Heath's go-to saying is goals change games. We've heard, we've heard it so many times. Um, it's like, you know, it's, it's every time, you know, he's about to say it, I can just go goals change games. And he doesn't even have to start because I know what he's going to say. But in that moment, defensive plays like that change games. And they change the morale of the team in the locker room. They change, you know, the stat lines. They change what happens going forward. Um, because a clean sheet is so important for a goalkeeper, uh, so important for the defense. Um, I asked Dana about it post-game, and, you know, and he's thrilled because, you know, it means a lot to him. It means a lot to the defense. And, you know, and – uh, he and Mickey Tapias' relationship is continually growing. He says, you know, there's still a language barrier, but some of the things they work on is, um, uh, despite Dane's uh, Spanish being, uh, in his words, very bad, um, uh, he uses players like DJ Taylor and uh, uh, Zarek Valentin, who are both bilingual, um, to, you know, kind of have the connection with Mickey, despite the language barrier. There's also a lot of nonverbal communication, he says, and, you know, their partnership's continually growing, and I think we're starting to see it because that left center back is so crucial for a goalkeeper who is more often than not right footed. Uh, so having, you know, someone you can trust on your weak foot, it's, it's, it's incredible. So, uh, um, you know, we're seeing that growth. We're seeing that partnership flourish, um, you know, real, real positive growth from the defense, from the goalkeeping area uh, in over the past few weeks. Um, so folks quickly, we've got 12 of you in the stream right now. We've gotten as much as 18, um, we're having great numbers tonight. You know, I love the interaction so far. I love the questions. Reminder, if you are on Twitter, you can't send us a question. We can't read you on air. We want to. So our Twitter handles are under our names on the screen. Tweet at us. Send us your questions. We'll read them on air. 
Uh, Carter and I will keep checking our phones or our laptops or whatever we have Twitter open on. Uh, and we'll be sure to get your, your questions here. If you're on YouTube, if you're on Facebook, send those questions and be like Eric Grady, Dave Valensky, David Maryberry, Eric, uh, Eric Grady again, and Josh Harrison, Paul Forrester. Thank you all. You know, we love the interaction. We love speaking with you guys. We'd rather, you know, hear your input and talk about your questions than, you know, talk about the blurbs we have written on a Google Doc. All right. We'd rather hear from you guys, um, you know, and we'll uh, continue. Uh, we'll continue the conversations here. We'll keep the questions going. Um, uh, let's see. Dave Valensky uh, asked earlier about uh, the status of MLS matches and where they're going to be streamed this year. Um, Dave, unfortunately, uh, Apple TV is a is is where you're going to see the majority of MLS matches this season. Um, there will be one or two national broadcast games per weekend uh, that you will see, and that can be found on the MLS website. Uh, there won't be one every weekend, uh, but if they are, it's going to be on, uh, typically on Fox, FS1, ABC, uh, one of the partner stations, uh, and you'll see that on the MLS website. But there's six free games. Ooh, me. There's six free games on Apple TV every weekend. I don't think people realize that. You don't have to have the Apple TV subscription to watch MLS every weekend. Maybe your favorite team won't be there. But there are six free games. Minnesota United's game was free on Apple TV tonight. They've had like four free games so far this season. But you can catch six games in action on Saturday night uh, for free. And, I mean, you can't you can't go wrong with that. Uh, and if you do subscribe to Apple TV and MLS Season Pass, MLS 360 rules. It's the coolest thing. Do I like the commercial breaks? No. But I can get picky with other things too. And, like, like that's, that's the smallest thing to get picky about. Um, it's so nice for MLS to have a home. It's so nice for dedicated coverage. It's so nice to see veterans like Sasha Kleshton, uh, Bradley Wright Phillips um, returning to the league and giving it a voice and, you know, helping grow the game. I think Apple TV uh, is doing a phenomenal job of that. Carter, you know, what are your thoughts on the Apple TV broadcast so far this year? What have you seen? Uh, the production, the personnel, the on-site coverage from commentators. Uh, I'm a little biased there. I love that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think, I think, you know, it's a positive for everybody. What are your takeaways? I mean, anytime that the loons play anything other than the early game, I have MLS 360 going up until maybe like 15 minutes before kickoff. So I can still get a little bit of behind the scenes on what's happening with Minnesota United. So this weekend, when we play our 930 game, I'm going to have the MLS 360 through all of the games. Yep. It's just it's what you want to see. You want to see all the attacking moments. You want to hear them, people talk about them, what's making them happen, why do they work. It gives you more insight into the other games, and it just really gives you an insight into the MLS landscape. It helps you learn what's happening with the league. No, 100%. And I'm looking ahead to Saturday's schedule. and I mean, the 630 slate has some really good matches. I'm going to highlight Cincinnati and Columbus myself. Um, I cannot wait for that Columbus attack to go up against that Cincinnati defense. Two amazing teams. Um, I'm sure MLS 360 will be honing in on that one. Uh, and that's a good prelude to Minnesota-Portland, you know. Um, it'll be a fun weekend for MLS, fun weekend for the Open Cup uh, uh, starting Tuesday. A uh, lot of soccer happening uh, over the next few days. I don't think we have a day going forward without soccer if you're a nutcase like me. Uh, tomorrow we've got uh, Europa League semifinal knockouts. Um, Friday we have uh, European Leagues. Uh, Saturday we have uh, – uh, get the opportunity to watch MLS in the evening and be devastated by our Premier League sides in the morning because they continually underperform. Um, and then on Sunday, if your Premier League side is playing, then uh, you get to be devastated and watch them continually underperform too, unless you're Manchester City. So, nonstop soccer, folks. 
what's the, what's there to hate? What's there to hate? Um, let's see what do we got in the comment section here now. Um, <laughs> I love this one, uh, Carter. I will let you take it. Trap and unnecessary yellow cards. A match made in hell. <laughs> Uh, there's nothing trap loves more than a yellow card, isn't it? I, yeah. I, I don't understand how this man isn't suspended for like five <laughs> games a year, <laughs> maybe six, maybe ten. Trap loves the yellow card, and I don't necessarily think that his aggressiveness that gets him the yellow card is ever really a- rewarded. Like there's, uh, there's CDMs where you're like, yeah, that's fine, go get your yellow cards. You're absolutely a monster on the field every other time. But I really don't see that with Trap. He'll make a few good, a few good tackles. He'll save maybe a one-on-one chance. But otherwise, he's just really going into these challenges and picking up these unnecessary yellow cards. And it, it's made me wonder if he's really the best midfield pairing. I don't think that Will Trap is necessarily the future of Minnesota United going forward. I think his time may have already passed. I really like watching Hassani Dotson and Kervin Ariaga play together. I think that they fit together really well, and I think that is something that we I would really like to see going forward a lot more. I think well, so. I asked Adrian about that post game, and the comment, the reaction was that they've got a lot of games coming up. They've got to play. Mm-hmm. I'm going to count tonight. So this is the stat is including tonight, folks. Um, they've got seven games to play until June 10th. Ridiculous. And then counting June 10th, there's three games in June. How does that make sense? Who, who looked at the MLS schedule and said seven in 27 days and then three in the remaining 24? I just – and if they win in the Open Cup, it could be it becomes more games, by the way. They get eight. Mm-hmm. So if they win in Houston next week, they get eight, and it's likely going to be um, the winner of the Austin game who they get drawn against. So uh, either another big long road trip or they get lucky and they host. It's it's not going to be close. So I mean, congestion's coming. Congestion is here, and it needs to be addressed. And the players need to know that they have to take care of themselves. They have to control what they can control. Whether it's cryotherapy, whether it's massages, you know. And I spoke with both Asani Dotson and Dane St. Clair about that post game. And you know, they both said each player's kind of got their own thing that they'd go through in terms of recovery. Um, some of them wear uh, like cryo boots in their bed while they sit and relax. Um, a lot of guys. Uh, We'll do ice baths, uh, but the big thing that they both said was massages and a lot of massages, you know, uh, ankles, calves, thighs, um, shoulders, back, doesn't matter. You know, your entire body needs to be loose and you need to make sure that you are able to um, const- consistently recover in a healthy manner. So, um, you know, you you mentioned the Ariaga pairing with Asani Dodson. I think we're going to see more of that going forward, but also has to be noted that uh, – I think Will Trapp had a fantastic first 45 minutes for Minnesota tonight. Um, I don't think anybody was super standout uh, from like 45 to 60 in the second half. I think it was very, very calm, very just tempo-based. But that first half, I think Trapp was really good. He held, he controlled the tempo of the match, and it allowed Asani to go forward a little bit, allowed him to play more of a freedom role with with Trapp in an underlying deep six role. And, you know, he is the club captain. He has a large voice in the locker room. He's very well-spoken to media. Um, he touched on uh, the players only meeting with uh, Manuel Reynoso this past Monday um, and how uh, Ray spoke with the group and he and then will told media you know um, you know players thoughts how they felt all that um, if you're interested in reading more on that uh, my piece is up on sodasoccer.com about that uh, you can take a look and see both Heath and uh, 
Trap's comments on the Reynoso situation. We'll touch on Ray Moore in a little bit, but check it out in the meantime if you're interested. But, uh, you know, with congestion here, Carter, I think you're going to see the midfield rotate between those three a bit more. And come the summer window, um, you might see some movement with the current player pool, but you also might see, uh, you know, uh, an extra player come in. You know, um, we'll see what happens. But I'd say the summer window would be a, tel- a telltale time for the midfield. Um, so jumping uh, jumping back to the comments section, we've got Eric Grady sending a bunch of comments. Um, he mentioned uh, how they lose attackers in transition and defense, uh, on especially on a weak side. Uh, a couple times in the last five, seven minutes, they're free runners, but Houston didn't get them the ball. Um, uh, I think that a big part of that, Eric, is uh, due to Hector Herrera uh, not playing for Houston tonight. Uh, what a crucial red card for Minnesota. Uh, I mean, like, I'm trying to think of a comparison. It would be like, uh, we already mentioned the Champions League semifinals from today, Carter. Let's bring it back. It would be like Manchester City losing KDB. Let's be honest. Like Hector has been that important to the Dynamo this season. He's had a, a resurgence. He was, I mean, he had a terrible campaign in 22, let's be honest. Um, let's not hold back. It was not at the level where it needed to be um, for a player of his caliber. He was not making the impact he needed to. Uh, but in 2023, he's kind of come out guns blazing. Like he's been phenomenal for the Dynamo. Uh, not having him tonight really affected them in the midfield because also I look at Coco Karaskia. I think how talented of a player he is. He plays better with Hector alongside him. And Artur in that midfield role, if they just didn't have the chemistry, they just didn't play off of each other in the way that they that he would with uh, uh, Hector. So um, that, that that played a big role in that, and uh, I think uh, I think that needs to be noted. But also looking ahead to Tuesday, their two best players are back in Bossy and Herrera. Um, it's going to be a completely different game. Uh, their best attacker is going to be back on the pitch, and their midfield maestro is going to be back on the pitch. Um, entirely different game for Minnesota United. Uh, they can look at the film tonight. Hassani Dotson, Hassani Dotson mentioned this, excuse me. Um, they're going to look at the film tonight, but they have to recognize that it is likely going to be an entirely different team playing on Tuesday due to the introduction of their two most important players. Um, so uh, Erica mentions one last thing I want to touch on, which is nice having Cal on the call tonight. Uh, what a delight. What a delight Cal Williams is. And Kalen Carr is uh, a fantastic uh, analyst too. Uh, Carter, what did you hear on the broadcast? And, you know, what was it like hearing Cal Williams called Minnesota United game again? He just has such a nice voice, doesn't he? It just <laughs> makes you feel like you're at home anytime you hear him. I could listen to Cal Williams say anything, read anything. Man should go into audiobooks once he's done with this. He's not, he doesn't have the Scouse accent that Jamie Carragher has on CBS, does he? <laughs> <laughs> no, he does not. No, he does not. Um, but no, like you said, and like you've touched on earlier tonight, it's just it's always nice to have Cal. He knows what he's doing, and he's so good at it. Yeah, David says the same thing here. Love Cal, best play-by-play guy in MLS. Uh, I mean, I absolutely love Cal. I think he's brilliant. Uh, you know, and he's a fantastic, I mean, person too. He is so kind to all of us here. Um, and I just, I can't say enough good things about him. But folks, it's that time of the show. We're nearing the halfway point. Uh, we need to thank our sponsor. And tonight we are sponsored by Better Edge. Uh, have you ever wished there was a website that you could use to make bets with your friends? The days of using cash or Venmo for one-to-one bets are over, my friends. Better Edge, B-E-T-T-O-R-E-D-G-E, is a Minneapolis-based company, and they've revolutionized the social sports betting scene. 
allowing their users to bet with or against each other on NBA, NHL, MLB, and soccer competitions like the English Premier League, the UEFA Champions League, and of course, Major League Soccer. They also offer weekly pick'em competitions as well, like our very own Soda Soccer MLS Pick'em, where you can bet real money or edge coin, which is play money, and make your picks for the weekend's games. Better Edge is not a sports book that profits off of your loss. You don't bet against Better Edge. You bet against other users on the platform, which is why it's legal to use in Minnesota and 46 other states nationwide. Sign up today and get a free $20 in your account when you visit betteredge.com slash loons. That is B-E-T-T-O-R-E-D-G-E dot com slash loons and create your account. Again, betteredge.com slash loons to sign up and get $20 in your account today, courtesy of our friends at Better Edge. Thank you for sponsoring tonight's show, uh, and thank you for sponsoring Soda Soccer Better Edge. Back to the conversation here. We've got a new friend in the chat, uh, Any Big Blue. Um, why is Joseph Rosal so winger? questionable to you carter he combines well with fraga he can bring the ball up the sideline well and he'd keep and he'd allow you to keep an Ariaga dots in midfield so carter you got to talk now what's your mindset what are you feeling you know uh you're being called out in the chat just kidding no. uh what's your thought process here though why do you not like uh joseph rosales uh at the left wing at the 10 kind of in that attacker role i would just much rather see i i like seeing rosales as an attacker absolutely i just would much rather see him play through the midfield. I think that having a three-person midfield when he comes on would be a much better use of our player for us now. I think if we keep Franco Fregapane and uh, Bongi on the wings, and then we have a striker up top, if we have three people in the midfield, we could absolutely just play through the middle more. And that would allow uh, room for our wingbacks to get up. And I just would like, I would just like to see Rosales in that midfield area more it's more conducive to sure. what the loons are trying to do i think I rather think what than you're saying having four three three yeah like i think that when he comes on we should not be in a four two three one i like the idea of having that four three three when we make these um substitution changes because i don't think that our personnel depth can keep the four two three one going past substitution i think maybe when reynoso comes back and he can just sit at the 10 all game, all 90 minutes, that's maybe a more viable option because Rosales does play well on the wing, like he says. Um, but, yeah, that's just my two cents. I could very well be wrong. We never know. Well, that's usually, that's usually what happens, right, Carter? <laughs> well, there's a reason that I'm on a podcast rather than on a sideline. Fair enough. You know, uh, hey, that's now. That's not the future. Never know what happens. Get your USSF license and maybe, you know, He'll be the next head coach of Minnesota United in 20 years, Carter. Well, Heath will still be there in 20 years. You think they'll get rid of him? <laughs> Funny you say it. Uh, Adrian's told me many times uh, in like a 1v1 situation, you know, um, just, just individuals chatting that uh, after his time is up uh, as a head coach, whenever that may be, he wants to move into a front office role um, and he'd love to oversee, you know, um, the, you know, the footballing department for sorts. Uh, he thinks he has a great mind for that, you know, and it's something he'd be super interested in. Um, but there's still years ahead as a coach. So uh, very interesting you bring that up, though, just because, you know, that's something I happen to know. And, you know, um, I think, you know, for what it's worth, I do think he has a great footballing brain. And I think that would be an area where he may uh, make up. So fun little uh, fun little comment there. Uh, folks, if you are still watching the show, send us a question like 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 get in the get in the comment section right now and give us your thoughts. You know, what do you think about Portland looking ahead this weekend? What are your worries with the Open Cup? And who wants to talk Emmanuel Reynoso? I mean, I think that's the biggest story here. 
Uh, we haven't had a single question on Ray, and I'm we're like 35 minutes in. I'm I'm genuinely stunned, Carter, that nobody has mentioned Reynoso's name in the chat uh, because in my last show, that was all I saw. That was every single question was. So what's the update with Ray? What do you think is going to happen with Ray? Is he still suspended? Um, you know, I could talk a little bit more on that, but I need someone to ask the question. Uh, in the meantime, we'll do a brief look ahead here, Carter. Uh, Portland Timbers this weekend, uh, and then uh, U.S. Open Cup, Houston Dynamo on Tuesday. Let's talk about the Timbers. Right now, they are playing uh, against RSL, and the score is 0-0 at halftime. Um, your XG is 0.13 for the Timbers and 0.61 uh, for RSL, uh, it is a home game uh, for RSL at the uh, very famous America First Field, uh, a name that uh, Major League Soccer fans have uh, had some thoughts on over the past few months. Uh, but RSL has been – they're having that season where it's like, I don't think you're good, but you are going to make every team that comes and plays you fumble in one way or another. Uh Interesting campaign from them. But the Timbers, they've been good. Uh, and I think the biggest question mark going into Saturday is which Evander is going to show up. Um, what a player they have. What a play, what, what, what a player uh, he can be. He hasn't quite lived up to the $12 million price tag that he came with this offseason um, from, I believe it was Michelin. Uh, but uh, don't, don't, don't quote me on that one. I might be wrong. Uh, but... Um, uh, you know, a player like that is one of those individuals. He's like, he's like a Reynoso. Uh, he is, I mean, make magic out of nothing. Ibsen. Let's use Ibsen as the example because uh, everybody loves Ibsen. And I don't I don't think anybody can ever say a bad thing about him. He is like, he's like Bongi. Just makes you smile. One of those players. Uh, and I think, you know, it's a big test for Minnesota. Um, they've had success on the road. Uh, and then it's a quick turnaround to the Open Cup. I mean... A lot on the plate, um, but, uh, you know, oh, we get to talk about Reynoso now? Somebody asked a question. Okay. Carter, you want to talk about Ray? Oh, no, you take it away. You've got all the information. Oh, all right, folks, here we go. Eric Grady says, we talked about him. Uh, 6'3 is the over-under for uh, Ray return. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, here's the thing is Mena Reynoso is still a month away from playing in a match for Minnesota United at a competitive level. And I don't know if that's something that everybody wants to hear. I don't know if it's something that people are like, uh, are you serious? Or like, yeah, I expected that because the fact of the matter is you are talking about a footballer who has not played a competitive match since late October, 2022. You're talking about a footballer who has not had a competitive practice since late October of 2022 uh, until this past week. Uh, but uh, I mean, he's not match fit folks. And on top of that, he has to earn the respect of the locker room back. He's got to earn the respect of the team back. Uh, a lot of faith, a lot of trust was lost uh, in the – how do I put it? Um, the miscommunication, the lack of communication, the months-long absence with no resolve, the, um, the, uh, the concept that he just didn't tell anybody what was going on and – by doing so, he hurt his family. Footballers are family members. Soccer teams are a big family. Carter, uh, do you ever play team sports growing up? I did, yes. So you probably can understand when I say this, you know, those the, those guys that you play with, they're like your brothers. You know, they are family to you. You know, uh, 
during the time you are in training, practice, playing a match, playing a game, whatever it is, you would do anything for your team to see that see, see them succeed, see you succeed. And at the end of things, you know, you're all family still because that's how it works. You bond, you grow together, you learn together, you make mistakes together. And the fact of the matter is, is they went into 2023 without him uh, and, it hurt, and he hurt them. It hurt the trust, hurt the bond, um, and it needs to be mended again. It's going to take time. It's going to take open conversation. Um, and he's going to have to use his actions, not his words. Because a lot, a lot of the time, actions speak louder than words. And as cliche as, as that is, as cliche as it sounds, actions do speak louder than words. And he needs to show not only on the pitch, but in the locker room, but in those team meetings, but in those moments where it's critical to grow as a group. He needs to be that guy that says, you know, I made here, I made that mistake and let me show you why you need to trust me again. Let me show you why we need to grow as a group again. Um, and I think that's the biggest takeaway. Um, Eric Grady in the chat says, you know, he's 27. He can sub on for 30. Uh, here, here's the thing. Despite, you know, him being a very fit individual, despite him being a very talented uh, footballer, the fact of the matter is he, he's not match fit. And if you put a player out there who's not match fit, you risk hurting him. Imagine if he missteps and rolls his ankle and he's out for six more weeks. When in reality, it was a 10-minute cameo off the bench to try and get him minutes, but he wasn't ready for those 10 minutes. It, it, it's hypotheticals. It's what-if situations. But you need to ensure that he's ready to go out there before even bringing him on as a sub cameo. He has to be able to play 60 minutes before he plays 10. He has to be able to play 90 minutes before he be able to, before he's able to play 40. You need to ensure that he is ready to go for those situations because the last thing you want to do is hurt him or uh, you know have an issue with him. And I think you know that is the biggest takeaway from that situation. You know, getting him ready, preparing him. Um, you know, my assumption, you know, and I, I looked at the broadcast tonight when Kalen Kari and um, Cal Williams were talking, uh, they mentioned four to six weeks. And I think that's a great timeline to look at. Um, obviously, you know, we can't take them word for word. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that's a valuable, uh, not, not a valid, but I think that's a valid timeline uh, to look at. It's four to six weeks before, you know, we see him, you know, competing with the group at a high level. Um, and, you know, that's when they're going to need it. You know, they're going to need him after all this congestion when everyone's tired, having someone come in and be like, hey, maybe I can help. That's big. Um, so looking at that, I think, um, yeah, Dave Valensky in the chat here says, especially when everybody goes after Reynoso's ankles. I mean, how many times, Carter, have we seen an MLS match with Minnesota United and seen Emmanuel Reynoso out on the pitch and players just manhandling him because he's a tricky little bastard on the pitch? Like, how many times a game do you think, on average, would you see that? I'd say it's at least five. I mean, it's the way that defenders, they quickly realize that that's the way, the only way they can keep up with him is if they just start chopping at him. And, so. you know, he reminds me, here's my moment to bring up Chelsea on the stream, uh, which I do on a weekly basis, folks. Um, beyond the depressing, you know, thing that's happening with him right now. It reminds me of watching like a 2016, 2017 Eden Hazard with Chelsea mm -hmm. and how one individual led an entire front line by simply being a menace with the ball close to him and players forcing to chop him down so that he doesn't feed anybody else. Uh, and I think that's a great, I think it's the, the comparison I make, um, you know, for Minnesotans, I might go back to the 2009 NFC championship game with the Minnesota Vikings and the new Orleans saints. Uh, and I remember seeing pictures of Brett Favre's ankles and legs post game um, and how black and blue they were because players were going after him because he was leading the Vikings charge that night uh, and they tried to take him out. And I, you know, I just remember that. I remember seeing those images and I'm like, 
when you are that talented, when you're that important to a team, the opposition might have to do whatever it takes to, you know, um, benefit them. And in that situation, that may have been what it is. And with Minnesota United, more often than not, it's stopping Ray by fouling it. Uh, Carter, what, 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 what do you take this one? Hypothetical. What if we go through with trading Ray? They mentioned on the wrap-up show that four teams have already inquired about him last week. Um, so, Eddie, can you clarify in the chat, uh, the MLS wrap-up show from tonight or this past week? Because uh, I watched last week's, and I may have missed that segment, but I do not remind it. But I do not remember seeing it. Eddie, uh, was that tonight's MLS wrap-up show? Uh, and, Carter, take it away. What would you what would you say to a hypothetical of Minnesota United trading Emmanuel Reynoso? I think that the only way that that happens is if the bond in the locker room is actually irreparable. I don't think, or if they're concerned that this is something that he might do again. I don't think that he's a player that the front office wants to get rid of unless there's reason for it. So I think in either of those two hypotheticals, it may happen. Um, and then I think if it does happen, they're going to want a lot for him. Um, I remember, oh, what was it, back during the World Cup, I think you were talking to us about uh, what the price tag that MNUSC had on Reynoso at the time. Mm-hmm. Could you remind me of that conversation? Well, uh, uh, Adrian Heath, actually, Adrian Heath offered him to Everton last summer after the oh, international right. friendly. Uh, he said, hey, I've got this really talented player, um, and I think he could benefit you guys. And – uh, well, he didn't, you know, I wouldn't, I shouldn't say offer him. He told them about this player they have. He told them, Hey, he could, you know, he, he, he can play in the premier league. You guys should take a look at him. And, uh, well, Everton lost four zero to an MLS team. Uh, <laughs> and then they've had a 2022, 23 campaign they have and a player of his quality would likely break into their starting 11. Let's be yeah, honest. Really. Sorry, Jeremy. Uh, I don't know if you're watching. He's in the press box with me. Uh, founder of soda soccer and avid Everton fan. I'm looking over at him right now, and I don't see him looking at me, so I don't know. If, I don't think he's listening. Uh, but Everton have been hot garbage, Jeremy. I hate to say it, but they could use a player like Emmanuel right now. So, um, but uh, I, I talk about the hypothetical uh, uh, of, of possibly trading Emmanuel right now. So, I mean, I th- I don't think it's out of the picture, but I think it comes down to the fact that uh, the Loons need a player of his caliber, and if you officially lose him, how do you replace him? Um, their success with transfers of late hasn't been like a 10 out of 10. You know, there have been a few hits. We don't know if Sang Ben has a hit yet. Early, the early, um, early showings from Sang Ben have been promising, but, you know, let's look at Mender Garcia, you know, a bit, a bit underwhelming um, for a young DP. Uh, let's look at Luis Amaria, underwhelming for a DP. Um, look at a player like Tomas Chacon, Angelo Rodriguez, um, Eric, Juan Chope Abila. I mean, they, there's been some big names and big players brought in here, and they haven't been hits. Uh, the Loons can't afford to miss again, Carter. And if a player like Emmanuel Reynoso were to depart from, were to depart from the squad, you'd have to hit. There are no excuses if you don't. So uh, a lot on the table, and that would be Adrian Heath's um, job. It would be, you know, uh, you know, maybe some higher-ups too. I mean, that's a big, big choice to make. And if they choose to go that route, that's the route they choose to go. But they cannot miss. They cannot miss if they choose to go that route. Absolutely, you can't go from you can't go from a proven product to something that just does not live up to the hype because that will, God, that'll put everything off of the rails if that's something that ends up happening. 
Yeah, and I mean, let's use the hypothetical. If if the loons were to sell Reynoso, um, I oh God, I've, if I'm throwing it back to my brain, I think it was like a six million transfer fee to get him here. Uh, I don't know if you remember Carter. I don't know if you remember offhand. I I, I don't, but I want to say it was six. The loons would need at least eight. They wouldn't take less than eight. And if they do, um, it's very unfortunate. Um, and it's probably due to the current situation. Uh, but that's strictly a hypothetical, guys. Uh, nothing official. We're not reporting this. I just want to clarify that this is not a report. This is us having a conversation on a podcast um, with a with a question that came to our, our, our chat. Um, just just confirm and just getting that out of the way, folks. Um, you know, we're we're strictly just having a conversation here um, uh, about a possible hypothetical. So uh, it's um, it's an interesting situation. I do think the July transfer one will be a telltale summer for the Loons. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, folks, uh, we are at the 48-minute mark. Uh, let's get those final questions in here before we do uh, a wrap-up. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to touch on uh, what happened today in MLS. You know, a lot happened. Um, Carter, was there one game in particular from today that caught your eye? Well, Atlanta just drubbed Colorado, didn't they? 4-0. And most of it came at the very end, and they were just piling on goals. But it's always it's always crazy to see a team just pound it, goal after goal after goal, when you get to watch a team like Minnesota United as your favorite. A quick, so quick clarification from Eric Grader here. It was $5 million. Thank you, Eric. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, but jumping back to our MLS uh, wrap-up, uh, on top of that 4-0 bashing of Colorado, uh, Tiago Almada missed a first-half penalty. Uh, so it should have been mm-hmm. five. Uh, and that's that's a tough loss for the Rapids. Um, but Charlotte FC beat Chicago Fire 2-1. Big, big win for Charlotte FC. Uh, and Brandon Cambridge had a brace. Good for him. Uh, young Canadian. Uh, and then <laughs> here's the best one from the day. Uh, LA Galaxy continue, continue to lose games. They continue to look pitiful on the field. I'm going to call them out. A 2-0 loss to the Columbus crew. Um, absolutely nothing from them. A .47 XG. Two shots on target. I mean, even though it's on the road, how, how how can the Galaxy go from a powerhouse for so many years to looking like this and not seeing any change? I, I can't help but think Greg Vanny's on the hot seat this coming week. Um, you know, and they've hit on they they have not hit on any of their major signings uh, beyond let's say Ricky Puig, Chicharito Hernandez, and then Jovalich is I'm going to call Jovalich a hit too. Um, but beyond that, Cabral, Douglas Costa, I mean, they've been absolute misses. And that's the LA Galaxy we're talking about. You ask a European stranger, hey, what MLS team do you know? What are they going to say, Carter? They're going to say the Galaxy. They may say LAFC at this point. Well, they're going to say the, they're gonna say the Galaxy because David Beckham. That, that That's why they're going to say it. And if they do, it's because of David Beckham. Uh, embarrassing loss for them. Embarrassing season. Uh, I expect more from the Galaxy, and I think MLS does as a whole, too. We'll continue moving forward. Cincinnati with a 3-0 bashing over Montreal. Montreal has had a really good month. Um, tough loss against uh, Cincy, but Cincy's a really good team. Um, I don't think, you know, you look at that and say Montreal are a terrible team still. Um, they had a really good month. Uh, they've shown a lot of progress of late. Uh, I think I think this also is, you know, one of those moments where I'm like, Cincy's the real deal. They're doing this with, you know, you know knowing that Brenner is leaving this summer and they're still doing this with, you know, with with him and without him in a few games too. It's, it's beyond impressive. Orlando, uh, NYCFC 1-1, Union, D.C. United, 0-0. Um, quick shout-out to my guy, uh, Wayne Rooney. 
what a uh, what a turnaround he's had at DC United. Um, you know, it might not be pretty, it might not be thrilling, it might not be exciting at the moment, but they're they're balling, and DC are starting to look uh, the MLS side they once did in, in recent years, uh, and it's really really fun uh, because those fans deserve it. They've got a great stadium host in the MLS All Star Game this summer, uh, and we all know how talented of an individual and how uh, brilliant of a footballing mind Wayne Rooney has. So, um, you know, really really cool to see that. Uh, Toronto and the Red Bulls 0-0. Uh, Dallas 2-1 over Vancouver. Minnesota 1-0 win over Houston. Um, Nashville SC with a 2-1 win over Inter-Miami. Uh, big performance from Hani Mukhtar. Uh, what's new? <laughs> uh, that's a week-in, week-out thing. You know, Hani Mukhtar just balling out in MLS because why not? And we've got three ongoing games here, folks. We all saw it like in Portland Timbers are 0-0 in the 54th minute. Uh, we're 11.22 p.m. Central right now saying this. Um LAFC 2-1 over Sporting KC uh, in the 86th minute. And then, look at this, Austin FC up over the Seattle Sounders 2-1 in the 85th minute. And can you guess uh, which former Loon scored for the, the opener for Austin tonight? Can you think uh, on that, Carter? Would that be the one and only Ethan Finley? Ethan Finley. And then here's a fun one for me personally. Giassi Zardes with a second. Uh, yeah. Very easy to forget Giassi is playing with Austin due to the fact that they have Maxi Ruti uh, and um, uh, Driussi. But uh, good for him. Good for him to get on the score sheet. Uh, and that wraps up our MLS wrap-up for the day, folks. Big day for games. Uh, big result for Atlanta United. Uh, since you are the real deal. And a big win for Minnesota. Um, we've got a few more questions here, and then we're going to wrap up, folks. Um, Paul Forrester says, uh, since he caught my eye, they're a real deal. Paul and I are in that mentality wave. I like it. Same thinking. And then let's see. Dave Valensky back in here it says it's too bad. I don't have a promote. Uh, I don't have a promotion on relegation in the MLS. I'd love to see Kansas City and the Galaxy get relegated. Uh, that's probably a rivalry thing. Uh, I think everybody would look at it and say uh, the Galaxy, based on their performances this season, deserve relegation. Uh, Jeremy, if you're listening, you're to my right right now, uh, still in the press box. They're, they're basically the Everton of MLS right now. <laughs> uh, throwing a little shade to our uh, to our co to my coworker and boss, I guess you'd call him. <laughs> Holling said uh, just 85th minute just now to take the lead in LA. No way. Oh, it's taken away. Holling says offside. Wow. So LAFC and Sporting KC one one. Are Sporting KC back, Carter? I wonder. Let's not let's not give them too much. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, folks, if you got any other questions, uh, type them in the chat right now. We're going to wrap up with a 55-minute mark. Uh, I got to get home from Allianz Field still. I got about a 30, 35-minute drive home. Uh, I got to let Carter go. He's got shenanigans still this evening to get up to probably, you know, whether it's – I got to uh, get my coaching license, man. Got to get his Starting coaching now. license. Got to get those classes in, guys. Uh, you know, and if you'd like to uh, support uh, Carter's coaching fund, I'm sure you can DM him on Twitter and – you know, maybe he'll get like the three thousand dollars it does to take a class. Ridiculous fees for U.S. soccer. That's right? crazy. Yeah, you got to get a club to sponsor you at this point. You can't single-handedly do it, which is a bummer. Um, Paul Forrester says, "Getting out of there before midnight, unheard of." Um, I'm very grateful. They're on the road in Portland this weekend. Um, Nine thirty West Coast kickoff is going to be brutal because um, we'll get over around eleven twenty press conference 11:40 it'll start we'll get out at midnight 
Um, and I believe I'm hosting our show again Saturday night. So I think we're going to go live around midnight, folks. Um, wow, that's going to be brutal. If you aren't hanging around Saturday's show at midnight, uh, you're a real one, and we appreciate you. Uh, before we close out here tonight, I just want to reiterate how grateful we are for your attendance in tonight's show. Um, the sharing you guys do on social media, the likes, the questions, the comments, everything. It means the world to us. Uh, we're continually growing as an outlet. Uh, we're all content creators. We're all very passionate uh, about Minnesota soccer. Um, myself, you know, I'm continually growing. Uh, and, you know, you guys play a big role in that. So it means the world to us. Uh, going forward, though, if you'd like to continually support us, um, subscribe to our Patreon. You Little as $3 a month. Uh, that's 36 bucks a year. Uh, I, I'm a big coffee snob. That's my thing. I like to go get coffee in coffee shops. I spend too much money doing it. And it costs me like 6 or $7 for a coffee. Two months of subscribing to Patreon is one coffee, folks. That's all it takes. Continually support us. That goes to all of us that cover Minnesota United, Minneapolis City, Lower League Soccer, uh, Minnesota Aurora this summer, um, the Forward Madison. Um, eventually, we're going to see a Forward Madison women's team in the USL um, in their USL Women's League that was just launched this past week. Uh, you know, it's it's fantastic. Uh, we're continually, you know, elevating as a team. Uh, and it's not without you guys. Uh, and a quick sneak peek. If you are still in the chat, you're still watching. Next week, we're going to be doing a massive Patreon giveaway on Twitter featuring a uh, signed photo from a very famous Minnesota United player that played with the club both uh, in the NASL and uh, in MLS. Uh, that narrows it down. I'll leave you guys to guess it. And we'll have some fun little uh, things to go with it. And a big shout out to our winner from uh, tonight's giveaway that I did on Twitter. Um, one two 2018 tops uh, trading cards autographed by Sam Cronin and Matt Lampson, former Minnesota United players. Uh, very cool. We're going to be keep doing this kind of stuff. Uh, if you keep tagging along, if you keep following us, um, you know, we'll do our best to reward you. We'll do our best to continue to bring you the stories, the news, everything you guys want to hear. Um, Carter, anything else before we wrap up and get out of here? Not a thing. Take us home. All right, folks. For Carter Hoffer, I am Jacob Schneider. And this is Post Loons on Soda Soccer. Thank you so much for joining, and we will see you. At, let's see, we'll see you Saturday night in hashtag MLS After Dark. Thank you again. Have a great night, everybody.